Uh, well, good morning. My name is Vern Collins. I'm also one of the pastors on staff at Boone United Methodist Church, and uh, this is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. Um, I, I love any opportunity that we have to bring the whole family uh, together. In this space, we have folks who worship in our 8.30 uh, praise and worship service, who worship in our traditional service at 11 o'clock, and then our crossroads uh, folks who worship at 10.45 in our Family Life Center. And anytime we have a chance to bring the family together is a great occasion. Um, and so we are so thankful that you've chosen to, to join us on what is a really special Sunday in the life of our church. It has become that um, over the years, and it's one that we really look forward to. And our hope and prayer is that if you are visiting us for the first time, that you feel welcome and feel like this is a place that you would love uh, to come uh, back to. Uh, one of the things that you will hear time and again as we talk about our passage this morning is these, these words, come and see, come and see. Uh, we believe God is doing amazing things in the life of our church, and um, we, are, we feel so fortunate to be in a place where we feel like God has given us a clear mission and vision, and, and we invite you to come and be a part of that with us and what it looks like to live that out. And for those of you who are students, um, and, and freshmen especially, uh, those of you who are, who are away from home for the first time and are here, we... we our, our deep desire is that you find between the Wesley Foundation and between um, life here uh, with us at the church that you find a home away from home and a place where you can grow and know that you are loved and cared for. And, and listen, I'll just say, if it's not here, um, there are so many great churches in our community and we will help you find a place um, to connect. So um, that's our hope and desire for you more than, than anything else, um, that you, you would you, you would find a place where you are, are known and loved and encouraged um, to, to journey uh, with Jesus in, in community. So our, um, our mission statement uh, as a church, the reason that we exist uh, is to love our community and invite all to discover life in Christ. Uh, and, and Laura has already talked about our great day of service. Patty talked about our great day of service that's happening next week, um, next Saturday morning. Uh, there's still time to sign up, right, to be a part of that. And you can do that online or via our church app. And there is, there is a way for everyone to serve. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how, how, in what phase of life you find yourself. There is an opportunity for everyone um, to serve. So we hope that you will come and, and be a part of that with us because we, we believe that we can say all day that we love our community, but unless we are willing to, to show that in tangible ways, then it's just words. And there's too much of that in the world already. And so we want to be a church that's actively um, loving and serving uh, our community. And so we invite you to be a part of that. One of the other things um, that, that we believe we're called to be as our church is not to love, um, but to invite. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, so next Sunday, as part of our mission celebration, um, you'll get to hear uh, from, uh, from Pastor Laura. And all three services, you're, I mean, you're here this morning, but uh, she's going to run the gauntlet next week, and uh, we, we're already in prayer for you, but just excited. Um, in addition to being um, our, the pastor at Blackburn's Chapel, uh, Laura is also our pastor of community engagement, and, and she, just her heart for missions and, and for ways that we can serve and live into who God's called us to be is infectious. Um, so, so excited for the, the word that you'll bring next week. Um, and then following that, we're going we're gonna to look at a discipleship journey and, and consider the life of Peter. Uh, and this, this guy, for me personally, in Scripture, that gives me so much hope. Uh, because, Ben, you were talking about the, the, the roller coaster. I lost Ben. He's somewhere in here. Um, 
you were talking about the roller coaster earlier, man, Peter's our guy, right? Like he just lives on, on this roller coaster in, in, his, in his walk with Jesus, and I'm so glad we get to consider what that means. Um, but that journey doesn't begin without an invitation to, to discover a life in Jesus. So I want to read our... But before we do, it's great to have lots of staff members, Vern, that keep us straight, and Danae was waving up and down that we need you to register. So there's some red binders in each of the pews that you can sign in on, or there might be eventually a QR code, but if not, uh, please sign in, particularly if you're here for the very first time, so that we can know that you've been here and we can offer you a warm welcome. Thank you, Danae and Emma, for giving us that. Now, she's, she's a future staff member. That's why she's already, already waiting the binder. But that's, right. you. that's your first invitation. That's your first invitation. So, sign in. That's what happens so, when you. they they put Ed and me in charge. We forget really important things. So, <clears throat> now, uh, as you're doing that, I would like to read our our passage uh, for this morning. And if you don't have a red book in your hand, if you are able, in honor of the reading of God's word, would you please stand with me? This is from John's Gospel, uh, John chapter one, beginning with verse 35. The next day, John. That's John the Baptist, not John the the writer of this gospel. The next day, John the Baptist was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying where, where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, you will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So up to this point in John's gospel, and, and if you're familiar with the gospels, you have Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which we call the synoptic gospels, and synoptic is, is really just a way to say similar. There's similarities between uh, those gospel accounts of the life of Jesus, and then you have John, which in many ways seems a little bit like an outlier in the way that he captures and presents who Jesus is uh, for the world. You know, Matthew really um, focuses on the kingship and the kingdom of Jesus. Uh, Luke, as we know, starts with the birth narrative and, and really unpacks and tells stories about Jesus's life in ways that the others don't. Uh, Mark is like, like the cliff notes. Mark just reads a fast-paced uh, account of the life of Jesus, but John does something entirely different. John situates Jesus's life in this much grander thing that's happening on a, on a cosmic level, um, if you will. And he opens uh, with this bold statement about who Jesus is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, and so that's the first moment that you, you see this title ascribed by, by John um, to Jesus. And he'll continue to do that um, through, through this chapter. And he, you, you see uh, John the Baptist calling him the Lamb of God. You, we know that he's referred to as the light of the world. He's referred to as the, the bread of life. And so all of these titles that are being ascribed to Jesus. And, and, and if we just continue to hear those, then 
we're in danger of, of a couple things happening. One is that it begins to, we, we kind of begin to get lost in them. Like, what, what is the significance of each of those things? And we're so thankful that John uses the rest of his gospel to unpack what each of those means. Or the other is that it just becomes noise for us. And, and what, what I imagine is the voice of the teacher in Charlie Brown. Like, it's just a wah, 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 wah. And I've heard that before. And, and it's probably why it took me five years to finish um, college. Because too often, that's what the voice of a teacher came. And that's no indictment on you. As teachers, you're fantastic. You're wonderful. It's me. It's not you. Um, but, but we're so thankful that, that what John does is to take each of those titles he assigns to Jesus and to say, here's why we can say this about who Jesus is. But he doesn't do it in a way that's impersonal, right? He, 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 he presents to us this, this Jesus who, who kind of lives in this tension between, you know, new age mysticism, you can believe whatever you want, you find your truth and you just live by it and be true to that and you'll be fine which is so much of what the world is now. And, and then on the other sa- side, what we would call that old traditional religion that says this is what you believe, you can't ask questions, believe it, or, uh, or else. Um, and Jesus somehow, because of the way that John presents him, we see that he lives in this tension between both of those things, that we can meet Jesus on our terms, um, but at some point we have to deal with him on his terms. Um, and we're so thankful for, for the way that John presents that, that and for this invitation. Uh, you, you, have, you have John the Baptist who um, is, I mean, he was a spectacle to look at the way that he's described in, uh, in Scripture. And, and each time he sees Jesus in this opening chapter of John's gospel, he's like, look, Lamb of, Lamb of God, Lamb of God, Lamb of God. And essentially what he's saying is dead man walking, dead man walking, dead man walking. And if I were Jesus, I'd be like, John, you got to chill. And that's like... First of all, I know that that's coming because I'm fully God and fully human, but it's getting old hearing it. But then something happens in that followers of John the Baptist hear John refer to Jesus in this way and their curiosity is piqued. And so they, they start following him. And they ask him, where are you going? And he says, come, come and see. They're essentially saying, where are you staying? Where will you remain? And it's the same word that John will use later um, in this gospel, uh, in in Jesus' invitation to remain connected to him. They know. Where are you remaining? Where will you be? Where is a place that we can find you? And Jesus invites them to come. And one of those that he invites is Andrew. It's amazing that the first thing Andrew does after he encounters Jesus as he wants to go tell somebody about Jesus. Have you ever been so excited about something that you could not wait to share? Have you ever been that way? Any of you? You know, here I am in my app shirt, so I'll tell an app story. I happen to be at the app Troy football game. And those of you that were at that game know that app won in the very last second of the game. And I was up watching with some other fans, and we were just sitting there, okay, I was about to lose, you know, it was game, college game days here, they were up and over their heads. And son of a gun, there's that Hail Mary pass at the very end of the game. There's a deflection, the guy catches it, running in the end zone. I mean, we went bananas. I mean, everybody did. The students went bananas. They knocked over the fence, right, and rushed onto the field. They jumped in the pond again, you know. 
that pond where everyone got sick there, jumped in it again. I watched them. I was tempted, Vern, to hop in the pond. I mean, I was that excited. But I could not wait to call my sister because she lives in Troy, Alabama. <laughs> and say, sis, guess where I was <laughs> just a little bit ago? Because I was so excited to be there supporting my second favorite school and shout for joy and be there and tell her about it and ask about it. She said, yeah, I watched the game. And then she, she was, you know, was thinking she was going to be calling me saying the same thing. But yeah, I was so excited. Have you ever been that excited about anything? I have. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, are we that excited about Jesus? Andrew, as soon as he encountered Jesus, he could not wait to tell somebody he loved. That was his big brother, Peter. He rushed home and said, Peter, I have met the one who has fulfilled all our hopes and dreams. Come and see. And what Andrew did, according to the great Bible scholar David Carson, is set the example for all who would follow that the most effective and the best way to share Jesus is friend to friend. As Carson would say, brother to brother, but I'd say person to person. Mm. That's the best way. It's not about me and Vern standing up here and looking good. Well, at least he looks good. And, uh, and preaching to everybody. It's about all y'all telling somebody about Jesus. That's the most effective way. And there's somebody in your life if you're a follower of Jesus, that you know needs to hear the story. You don't need to know all about the systematic theology or eschatology or why all these uh, deep things that we learn about in schools. You just need to be able to tell somebody about Jesus and what Jesus means to you, why Jesus excites you, just like Andrew did. And I bet you, if you're here as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have someone who's like Andrew in your life. I, I bet you have a story like that, Vern. I, I do. I, and you know what's interesting? As you and I were talking this week, I have just one Andrew in my life. As I think about the different seasons of my life, there are a number of people who were Andrews for me, but my, my very first were my parents, um, who, who, like church was something that we did. They took me to the place where, where Jesus was talked about. And, and as, my, as, I, as I grew and got into middle school and my parents went um, through a divorce, the church was the, the one constant. Like in a, in a time when my life was really in turmoil, that was the one thing that didn't change. Uh, and, and I had an opportunity to reflect on that in seminary. And, and I didn't realize the significance of it in the moment, but to, to see that even in, in the midst of all of that, they still felt like that was something that was really important um, for, uh, for me to be a part of, for my um, my brothers to be a part of, and so um, that they continued. I mean, they, they were, were, hey, we're going to do this, and, and we don't see Peter kicking and screaming. Um, I was kicking and screaming sometimes, but, but they still, they were Andrews in so many ways. Come and see, come and see, come and see. And then the second that stands out to me is um, this guy named Ryan. I, I can't for the life of me even remember his name. He was in my moment, I mean, my life for a moment, and then and then was out of it. He was older than me, and I was in eighth grade. I was about to go into high school. And he said, hey, you got to come check out this thing called Young Life uh, in high school. 
And, and he said, you know, I was like, what's Young Life? And he said, it's, a, it's an outreach ministry for high school students. They talk about Jesus. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> and, then he, and then he said, he said, listen, they're good looking girls will be there. And I was like, I'm in. Perfect. When, tell me when, like, when, when do they meet? What, you know, he didn't himself tell me about Jesus, but he took me to the place where Jesus was. And, and, and through that, I, I encountered um, the gospel in a way I'd never heard it and, and couldn't deny the fact that, man, I just, I wanted Jesus to have all of me. And, and that, that's been, you know, part of the process and journey. And there have been others who, um, who have been Andrews and come and see more or come, let's go deeper. Um, let's continue to explore what it means to, to follow Jesus. And we'll talk about those other people as we progress through the series of Peter. Uh, that hormone evangelism still works, or you know, whatever it takes, whatever right. it takes to get people get get them to church. I, I had a similar story. I mean, my um, and parents that are out there with your ch- children or your uh, grandparents with their grandkids, um, you are the most influential person on a child's faith, more so than Sunday school teachers or youth leaders or uh, us pastors. And uh, I was always taught that faith was taught, not taught, and that's so true in the home. And I was so blessed to grow up in a Christian home. My dad was a, I was an Air Force chaplain, so he anticipate that we'd be in church, yes. Uh, but uh, as those of you that heard me last week talk about my mom, my mom got up early in the mornings to do devotionals. We would do the upper room at, at breakfast time. But when my, uh, my dad was uh, about to retire and I was in the first or second grade, something like that, and a gal in my my class said, you know, God is dead. And I said, uh-uh, my dad works for him. No, God is not, God is not dead. And, but what happened was when my folks retired, um, they retired, and I didn't realize this until later, within two blocks of the Mary Esther United Methodist Church. Why? Because church was central to who we were as a family. And so that when uh, I was in the youth group and needed to go there, I walked, and not, not every kid is so blessed to be able to walk to church with parents, unless you want to give your keys to the car to your 13-year-old, you got to bring them here. Um, and yeah, sometimes I, I, I said, Mom, you know, I don't think I want to go to church today. I said, no, we're going. Or I said, Mom, I, you know, I need to skip youth group. So no, you're going to go. Um, and I'm so glad they did, because uh, one weekend in that church, our pastor at the time organized what was called a lay witness mission. Some of y'all may be familiar with that was something that was done in our annual conference and this group and I don't know the name of the leader except his name was Charlie and they got the nickname Charlie's Angels not like the TV program but they also had a youth component and they had uh, college students from the Auburn Wesley Foundation that were part of that and they gathered the youth aside and I remember uh, on the Saturday evening of, of the that weekend they took us out to the beach, and there's this place called the Matterhorn down there in Okaloosa Island, right there on the Gulf, and they had a fire, and we played music, and we sang, and, our, and the leader there said, you know, tomorrow is going to be a very important day. Be open to what God is going to say to you. And then Brother Charlie got up and preached a powerful sermon, and I remember on that day, March 27th, I won't say the year, because it'll show how really old I am, I walked down to the altar of the Marius United Methodist Church on March 27, 1977, that's when it was, and knelt before and gave my life to Christ. Um, and yeah, there's been ups and downs. We're gonna talk about 
those sayings in the life of Peter as we go through this series here in a few weeks. But I'm ever so glad that I did. Uh, it's led me uh, to places I thought I'd never go, one of them right here. But uh, my parents set the table for that Andrew uh, to speak the word into my life. And I imagine it's the same in the lives of, of Peter and Andrew. Their parents had taught them all along the scriptures. They brought them up as good Jewish boys so that when, and talking about the Messiah, and then when the Messiah came, they were open to that. And so that, that, that's my Andrew story, and I bet you all have one too. And so when you leave here, prayerfully remember and think about who was your Andrew? Who are, were your Andrews? It might have been your parents. And if you're able, give them a call, write them a note, let them know, thank you that you helped me find Jesus, to come and see who he is. That's something we're asking you to do when you leave here. Think about your Andrew, and if you can, say thanks. If not, offer prayer thanksgiving, say, I'll see you one day. I'll be up there with you. Thank you. Yeah, and I think the other, the other side of that, the other thing in addition to being grateful for the Andrews in our own <clears throat> lives and remembering those people that were willing to say, come and see. Um, on the other side of that is to wrestle with the question, who are you being an Andrew to? Who is God calling you? Who has God laid on your heart? Who has God placed in your sphere of influence that you have an opportunity to say, hey, I found the Messiah, come and see. And, and I, th- I think the thing that's so hopeful about this, because I, for me, the natural question is the first time I was, as, as someone who is seeking to grow in my walk with Jesus, the first time I was faced with this concept or this idea of uh, evangelism, which is a word that we you know, hear and tends to have a negative connotation, but the first time I was faced with this idea of sharing my faith and, and inviting someone else into that story, my immediate response was, what if they ask a question I don't know the answer to? Or, or there's so much I don't know about Jesus. And it, it, the way that John records this, we know that Andrew doesn't know everything that there is to know about Jesus. He has merely encountered Jesus. And he believes that there's something about this man called Jesus that is important enough for him to invite his brother to. And, and so I think that for, for all of us who would wrestle with that what if, there's the invitation, come and see. And that is come and know, come and ask questions, come and explore, and let's explore this together. And one of the things that's clear in the way that John um, writes his gospel is that we, we see represented the relationship, the relational nature of who God is as Father, Son, and Spirit, but we also see that there's a relational component to the way that we bear witness to our faith and to the way that we invite others um, to to encounter Jesus, that we walk with him, and we allow space for hard questions. It's one of our values as a church, that we're willing to ask hard questions, and we do that in the context of friendship, as Ed said, or the context of um, relationship and community. And so if, you, if, if you're sitting there thinking, yes, there is someone, there, there is a person in my life that I just have felt burdened for and felt compelled, I just want to invite them to experience what I've experienced, but I don't know all of the answers. That's okay. It's okay to say, I I don't know, that's a great question. Why don't we go and and explore that um, together? And, you know, because as we said, we come as we are. We come on our terms. We come with all of our baggage and all of our questions and all of our shame, all of the things that we feel like would disqualify us for coming. And we, we, we come.
come with that and, and we allow Jesus to unpack all of that with us. Um, but there's such a gift and such an invitation when we have the opportunity to do that with others. And so as we prepare to, to um, close in song, as we prepare to celebrate all of the journeys that are represented in this room and all of you who have heard that call to come and see and who have said yes, or maybe you're in that place right now where you, 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 you're feeling that tug. We'd love to talk to you. Justin would love to talk to you. Any of us on staff, I mean, it's something that we're so passionate about. We'd love to walk with you in that invitation to come and see. But for, for those of you who have experienced that, I want to invite you to consider. More exciting than an actor game, right? Oh, absolutely. More exciting than a Final Four victory, Carolina over Duke, if that's your thing. Even more exciting than kick six, which is hard for an Auburn person Even to more exciting than that. There is nothing in this world that compares to what we can offer in the invitation to come and see and experience life with Jesus. And so we just invite you to do that. So pray this prayer. Lord, who, who are you calling me to be an Andrew to? And would you give me an opportunity to enter into that conversation and to make that invitation and to walk with you? Amen. 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 Let me pray for us. Gracious God, we are are so thankful for the gift of today. Uh, we're thankful to, to be able to gather together and to, to celebrate who you are and to lift the name of your son Jesus high. And we know that the scripture tells us that when that happens, you draw people to yourself. And so we, we pray that, Lord. And for all of the journeys and all the lives and, and encounters with Jesus that are represented in this room, we give you thanks. And we thank you for the space where we can wrestle and questions. We thank you um, for the, the invitation to come and see, and I pray that as a church, we would continue to answer that invitation. We would continue to seek to walk more and more closely with you, but that we would also be faithful, Lord, and that you would give us the grace and the burden um, to, to be faithful in inviting others to come and experience what we have experienced. Not to, to have all of the answers, but, but simply willing to God, we pray that you would use us to bear much fruit in the lives of people around us for your glory. Lord, we ask all of these things in the great name of Jesus, who has conquered death on our behalf, who, who invites us into life and life to the full. May we enjoy and may we, we live into that life, uh, God, and, and receive that for the gift that it is in such a way that we, we have to share it with the world around us. It's in his name that we pray. Please stand and worship.